Hello and welcome to the Tony Daily with me, Tony Kent. It's a podcast that invites you to come find yourself so you can listen to this and go, oh, thank God for that. It is not just me. And I can speak to you and say, it is not just you. It is also me. So I have completed a parenting level. Yes, I, I think I have because I have successfully done the I will drive my child and her friend into London for a gig, spend the whole day in London, pleasing myself, um, and then drive them home again. Despite the fact that the M4 was shut, of course it's shut. Despite the fact that I got a tire pressure warning on my car, of course I did. Uh, despite the fact that they had a bit of a panic when they had to get to the tube station, of course. And I did my rational parenting voice when I got that call. You're going to have to come pick us up. I went, and no, I'm not, because I'm not driving from St Pancras to Finsbury Park when 45,000 people have just exited that place and are all trying to get into the tube station. I'm not doing it. So uh, it was an experience. But let me tell you, let me tell you why it was good. And I feel like I'm repaying a debt to my very lovely great uncle Sid, who drove me and a friend to Brixton when we were 15, I think, um, to go and see. I think it was a red hot chili peppers. Um, So I feel like that is what you do when you are a responsible adult and you have the means to do it. And you know that leaving a massive gig in a park at night in London is not straightforward, especially when you discover your child managed to get right to the front um, and has never navigated their way around London before. Um, It's hard to say, look, I'm going to have to drive you because you cannot get home or you will miss that last train. Um, it's hard to say that without them saying, I hate you. I'm doing it anyway. Um, but the problem is, is that <laughs> from where we live, you just, it just can't be done. A, a young person has to really, really want to get out and away to catch the one bus that comes every three hours um, to then get to a train station that is not on like a main line. Um So, yeah, I did that. But I thought kind of creatively about what shall I do? Because I'm not driving there and back just in one evening. I thought I will work, as you may have known from yesterday's episode. I thought I'll work from London. And the the stars had really aligned because so um, the person I met yesterday was David McIntosh. He is, like me, a podcaster, doing it for longer than I have and has got some amazing guests on the Development by David. It's a personal development podcast that uses origin stories to help shine a light on how you might be able to develop too. Really fascinating stuff. Um, Yes, he's been doing that for ages. He also is really passionate about social mobility, as am I, based on his own personal experiences. And if you want to hear about that, I'll put a link in the show notes to when he came on my podcast to talk about his background and where he finds himself today. So he's the um, the co-chair of the Social Mobility uh, Network at KPMG. Um, And he's only 24. And he's just legend. 
absolute legend. So um, it was great. We were kind of brought together via LinkedIn and shared interest in a topic that's close to both of our hearts. And uh, I wasn't sure if he was still going to be in London yesterday, but he was. So we met at St. Paul's and we had a right laugh and a really kind of open, honest chat. It was great. It was quite therapeutic. Um, but as he was down from Glasgow and, you know, when you're in London, why not see the sights? Um, we did a bit of a walk from St. Paul's to Trafalgar Square. And um, that was great. Go and see the uh, fourth plinth with the end, the sculpture that's called The End. It's a Mr. Whippy ice cream with a hidden drone and a cherry in it and a fly on it. And it's about the end. Um, and it was it was great because after he went off to go and catch his flight home, I thought I will take inspiration from my friend Stacy who loves to have a walk around London and who says, don't take the tube, Tony, it will take you longer um, and it will be boring. I was like, okay. So I walked and walked and walked. I went to Soho. I went to Carnaby Street, which is in Soho, isn't it? I went to Covent Garden, got myself a gelato, watched a mime who was very good um, and just sort of soaked it up, really. Loved it. Didn't take my laptop very glad I didn't because I didn't anticipate I was going to be doing so much walking um nobody phoned me there was nothing I needed or had to do and uh went to Leicester Square Oxford Circus um yeah all around went to Liberties looked at all the very expensive um objet and thought I needed to buy myself some alternative footwear because whilst I was wearing flats my feet were so sore and uh, I knackered my ankle a while ago running. And if you follow my Instagram account, you'll see that I do post when I run because it's, you know, I've gradually got them back to running fitness. But walking around yesterday, my ankle was going, hey, hey, Tony, that hurts. So uh, maybe put something else on your feet. So I tried Muji, but they had flip flops that I knew the post was going to rub my toes. Liberties, uh, but expensive. Um, H&M, which <laughs> I don't know why I do it to myself, but I'll go and have a look. H&M, bombsite. Um, where else? Oh, Adidas shop almost bought a pair of running trainers, but they were like 55 quid. And I thought I, I didn't, they were in sale, but I didn't really think they would be suitable for the type of running I do. And I thought that's just stupid. That's a waste. Um, and I went to Nike Town. Oh, Nike Town. Two problems with that place. One, nothing's got a price on it. Two, you have to go in a special queue to look at the trainers. And I thought, fuck that. I went and looked in the kids section because I know they like go up to a five. But interestingly, on set, there were some boxes set to one side like they were in the sale. But they had no prices on, but it said five youth. And then underneath it went UK four and a half. I thought they're not going to fit, even if they are cheap. So, um, yeah, I, sp I said to my daughter on the way home, so I went to Nike Town. She went, you, middle-aged mother, in your jumpsuit with those funny shoes on that you were wearing, you went in there on your own. I went, yeah. She went, that was brave. What was it? She went, yeah. I felt quite at home amongst the clientele especially as there was a DJ there. 
So, um, yeah, that was an experience. And in the end, I went to a North Face shop, which I thought this feels a bit more like me, active wear. And they had some half price sliders that did not go with what I was wearing. But I didn't care because comfortable um so i've got to loads of people watching found out some parts of london still living in the 1980s quite a number of men smoking cigars at the uh, tables outside the restaurants and that's the thing actually don't often see it because don't get out much but when people are eating outdoors don't often see that people would definitely do i don't haven't seen someone smoking a cigar for years so yeah people smoking cigars um people paying at tills with uh 50 pound notes <laughs> okay somebody's doing well and um so i managed to kill about <laughs> seven people no seven hours i think and then i thought i'll get i'll go and get something to eat i headed back to st pancras where i had parked my car and when we had driven in to St Pancras Parking, we saw a place called German Gymnasium. We were like, that's a bit niche, but actually it is a restaurant. So I went to German Gymnasium and I said, table for one. They went, yes, that's fine. We can sit you outside. And I thought, oh, they must think, you know, I'll be encouraging people to come in with my North Face sliders. Um, but <laughs> that's where they put all the smokers. So, um, and I'm not, so the, the, there was, so I was at a table which was for two, but for one and then there were two men sat at a table for two that was very close to mine one of them was like chain smoking rollies and I don't know how you can chain smoke when the packet of your pouch of tobacco has got a picture of rotten teeth on it I thought you have to it was just I glanced across and thought what so um they're very well spoken and then they said can we have your spare chair please I was like fine yeah and another of their friends came to join them and I had decided I was going to have three courses because I had time to spare and um, I'd taken my book highly recommend The Power by Naomi Alderman um, and I just got to sit there and listen to them because we were put so closely together and it was interesting so they were three lawyers two were newly qualified one was about to become qualified <laughs> One of them worked for corporate law firm, Freshfields. Um, one of them worked for a um, legal aid outfit. Don't know about the other one. And they were talking about their university years, about sailing, skiing. It was a classic. Oh, yeah. When I go sailing around Lesbos, um, and then when we went skiing in Chamonix, I, I was just loving it. And it's interesting how you can sit there and just, I was so glad I wasn't looking at my phone, really pleased. And I was just um, listening, them to talk, listening to them talking about their university exploits. And then they got onto the topic of, yeah, do you remember way back then, everyone was like uh, taking loads of coke, but you never did. And the, the guy was like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I never did. And then they said to him, but you do now. And he said, well, yeah, I know. Can we stop this analysis of my behavior? And I thought, okay, I, I felt like, you know, maybe I wanted to join in. Um, and there was a table behind me of women. The conversation was similar. And I just loved that I could not only people watch, but people listen. So they were like, oh, you know, um, 
thanks for the chair and hope I'm not disturbing you. I was like, no, this is all material, my friends. So that was um, a very enjoyable dinner for one, but with the um, benefit of hearing the conversation of three people. And um, so I went back to St Pancras about half past ten and the girls were like, oh, we're just leaving Finsbury Park. I went, yeah, great. OK, um, that's fine. I'm waiting here for you. I've got them because I did my mum job, got them some water. And she said, oh, could you please get us some food? I said, yes, I will get you some food because, you know, why not? I have the means to do it. So that would be a nice thing to do. And then I get panic call going, oh, my God, you will have to come and get us. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God, no, I am not coming to get you. You will find your way here, which they did. And it was fine. But I know the stress that is involved in that very first time that you go to a big gig and it's dark and everyone is trying to find the exits. And then everyone is trying to get into a tube station where you've got someone on a loud hailer going, what the heck with the trade And it's a bit disorientating, I think, when you're 16 and you've spent six hours stood in the same place so you could be right at the front for when Sam Fender comes on. Um, but they had an amazing time and we eventually got home. I got into bed at quarter to two in the morning because the M4 was shut. Of course it was. So diversion and then back on the M4 and it was down to two lanes. And I tell you thing that struck me actually, the thing that I noticed, one thing that's really hard driving around London, load of it's 20 miles an hour. It's hard to drive 20 miles an hour. I reckon I did it. I was keeping a very close eye, but at one point I was like 22. And I know that there's a big, they don't, you know, zero tolerance if you go over and I was like, Christ. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a two week waiting period. There's a little bit of stress there about, Am I going to get a fine? I don't think so. And the flipping peekaboo bus lanes. I'm a bus lane. No, I am not. I'm a bus lane. No, I'm not. And the people that know them, know them. If you don't know them, you're not constantly alert. So when I did get home, get into bed, um, I didn't feel exactly relaxed. And I'd had two coffees sort of between half past eight and 10 o'clock. And my husband was snoring. I was like, great, I'm going to get a brilliant night's sleep. Which, of course, I did not, because then he had to get up at seven to go to watch cricket. I was like, great, let's just pretend we've got a newborn again. So I now find myself in the house on my own, because naturally, as we parked up on the driveway this morning, uh, my daughter said, oh, yeah, can you drop me off tomorrow? I was like, oh, my God, actual taxi. But I feel like I have earned my stripes I have passed parenting level, what do you reckon? Parenting level seven, let's call it that. It's not the boss level, not yet, not the big boss level. Um, but I felt like I definitely ticked one off the list. So thank you for being here for the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this. Here's what I hope for you. I hope you get to um, meet like meet someone. If you've any of met them online and you really respect them and the pandemic meant that you couldn't meet in person, I hope that that gets to happen for you. And um, I'm going to go and have a sleep now because I'm in the house by myself. Yeah, 40 winks. Uh, I will be back with you tomorrow. Bye-bye.